You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I have a confession to make kind of this morning too, and uh, that is the series we're going to start today really has been kind of, I think, a long time coming. Uh, I think, you know, especially for me, um, and I think this is going to be really, really helpful to our congregation as we just kind of continue to move forward and, you know, discerning our vision, what is God calling us to do, who is God calling us to be, I think this is also going to just be kind of really helpful as we kind of continue to heal as a congregation. And so today I want to kind of start a series uh, I'm calling Balanced. And one of the things that I really believe is that um, as we're striving to honor, as we're striving to glorify uh, God, as we're striving to become more and more like Jesus, I just believe that as we are being uh, just filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit, we will become a balanced church, or, or we're going to begin to kind of move in that direction of becoming, you know, balanced, healthy individuals, um, and that's going to kind of create uh, within our community uh, also what it means to be a balanced church. Now, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of churches out there that really kind of, you know, specialize in making people feel guilty, uh, ashamed, condemned. Uh, They'll always kind of tell you what they're against. You never really know what they're for. Uh, They don't just like to step on toes. There are churches out there that just like to stomp on feet. They like to tell the truth, but often at the expense of grace and love. Then we all know there's that opposite extreme. There are churches that try to make everybody comfortable, everybody feel good. They never want to talk about sin, repentance. You know, they believe the 11th commandment is, thou shalt not offend anyone. We will not talk about anything that convicts anyone of anything. Their number one goal is to make sure everyone feels good when they leave. So they rarely ever talk about sin, repentance, uh, and if they do, you know, they'll mention it quickly uh, and, and maybe not even call it that. Now, I believe there are problems, and it is problematic for a church that just offends everybody. There are churches, I mean, they just, they just are offensive to be offensive. However, I think there is something problematic with a church that offends nobody. Jesus didn't offend everybody, but he did offend some because Jesus was balanced. So what was Jesus balanced between? John chapter 1 tells us there were two things, and they are the same two things that God wants to bring in perfect balance for us as well. So let me just start off by telling you a little bit about the one who wrote the gospel we call John. Now, it was a disciple called John. I know really original name there. Um, But again, John was no ordinary disciple. 
Okay, he was actually kind of in the inner circle of Jesus. There were 12 disciples, but out of those 12, there were three that really were kind of in this very, very intimate, close inner circle with Jesus. It was Peter, James, and John. I mean, these three men, they got really up close and and very personal and intimate with Jesus. And, And through that relationship, John came to kind of see something about Jesus that really kind of was a key that kind of unlocked the secret of why Jesus was such a captivating, exhilarating, and a fascinating person. In John chapter one and beginning of verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and that word dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the father. And this first part of the verse there in John 1.14, it's simply describing what we would call the incarnation. And that's what we celebrate. It's what we proclaim every Christmas, that God came to earth in human flesh and became one of us without sin. When John talks about seeing Jesus's glory, John taking, uh, he's again, he's talking about all of Jesus's life from his birth to his resurrection. In Jesus's birth, he came out of the womb of a virgin and in his death, he came out of the tomb resurrected from the dead. And I talk about this all the time, the virgin birth of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. They are two things that are very, very unique about the person of Jesus. It's what makes him different from any man in the past, present, or anyone that will ever be. But John says not only is that one of those unique characteristics about Jesus, he said there's something else that made Jesus so unique, so appealing, so winsome. John tells us that one of the characteristics that drew people from all walks of life The thing that drew all people to want to meet this man, to hear this man, to touch this man, to give their life to this man. And Jesus goes on and he identifies that later on there in verse 14. And he says, this Jesus, he was full of grace and truth. This is one of the, again, things that made Jesus unique was that he was perfectly balanced with grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. And again, as a Christ follower, when again, it it is our heart's desire when we are striving to become more and more like Jesus, one of the things that he's gonna begin to develop and to deepen in us again is that same balance between grace and truth. And it is a work of the Holy Spirit. It was in Jesus, it will be in us. So when we're pursuing Jesus, when we are filled with that same Holy Spirit that Jesus was filled with, one of the results, one of the manifestations of that is we are also gonna become more and more balanced and full of grace and truth. And I just believe that when we as a church body, when we individually are pursuing that balance of grace and truth, I believe we will begin and we will go deeper in the plans and the purposes, the vision of what God has for us as a congregation. 
with Jesus, grace and truth, they were always kind of joined at the hip. And again, they were always perfectly balanced. Jesus never shared grace at the expense of truth. He never shared truth at the expense of grace. He was balanced. So one of the things I want to do as we begin this series is I want to share with you why I believe we as a church, why we individually need to be balanced and why this balance is so very, very important. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at how Jesus at times was full of grace how at times he was full of truth, and how he was always full of grace and truth. So let me just break this down into three bite-sized balanced chunks. What does this look like for us? First, we need to be filled with the compassion of grace. Listen again, not to just what John said, but I want you to hear it in the order that John gives it. He says, Jesus was full of grace and truth. I don't believe it is a coincidence that grace comes first in that. Because see, if you were a Jew 2,000 years ago, you would understand why John kind of leads first with grace over truth. Because see, first century Jewish culture had no problem understanding truth because it was really all they knew. It was all they were really ever taught. They really understood truth a whole lot more than they understood grace because the overarching emphasis of the Old Testament was on truth, more precisely what we would call the law. When you think about the Old Testament again, a lot of us kind of think of those thou shalt, thou shalt not. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees in Jesus' day They actually came up with 613 rules or laws, and all 613 of those laws, those rules, all came from the first five books of the Old Testament. Now, to be clear, you do find grace in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, the world would not exist today if it were not for the grace of God. Do you remember when God was going to destroy the entire world in a flood? He looked at the world. He saw all of the wickedness, all of the evil. He saw that men's hearts were just continually focused upon evil. And God regrets that he made the world and he was ready to destroy it all. And then we read this grace verse in Genesis 6, chapter 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of of the Lord. That word favor there in the Old Testament, that literally means grace. God, in his grace, chose not to destroy everyone or everything, even though he could have and he would have been justified to do so. But again, it is an illustration. It's a manifestation of his grace. And there are so many stories in the Old Testament that illustrate God's grace. Even though the overarching emphasis of the Old Testament was law or what they understood to be truth. And that's why John points out there in verse 17, he says, for the law was given through Moses. 
But one of the things that made Jesus unique was when Jesus came along, the light of grace shined out of Jesus so brightly that everyone that came into contact with him could see it. And that is why uh, people who were so unlike Jesus liked Jesus. Jesus loved hanging out with sinners, and sinners loved being around Jesus. Jesus, he drew the unchurched like a magnet draws iron. And that is why it's important as people, we as a church body, that we need to be striving to be more and more like Jesus. Because most people we would identify as sinners don't want to be around most people who identify themselves as Christians. And the reason for that is we don't show very often, or at least often enough, what Jesus showed all the time, which is grace. When Jesus started his earthly ministry right after his baptism, going into the wilderness to be tempted, he comes out of that with the light of God's grace shining through him like the morning sun. And here's the beauty of Jesus. In Jesus, the stern face of God's law was transformed into the shining face of God's grace. Anybody who met Jesus knew instantly that Jesus loved them, that Jesus cared for them, and that Jesus only desired and wanted the best for them. So like Jesus, we need to be filled with the compassion of grace. Secondly, we need to be filled with the conviction of truth. Now again, look at that verse there in John 1.14, and again, we're gonna look at the different emphasis here because Jesus was not just full of grace, but he was also full of truth. Again, Jesus was not one-sided in his approach to people. If you look at our national symbol, the eagle, you'll notice in his left talon, there are 13 arrows. In his right talon, there is an olive branch. Now, what that symbolizes is we are a nation that desires peace, but we are also ready for war. In a similar way, Jesus always brings at least two things to the table. In the one hand, he gives grace. In the other hand, he gives truth. Unfortunately, there is a caricature of Jesus in our culture today that we really want to make Jesus into our image. It's the Jesus of sugar and spice and everything nice. It's the Jesus who tolerates everyone and everything. It's the Jesus that says, I'm okay, you're okay, everything is okay. Well, if I'm okay and you're okay, and everything is okay, can you explain the cross of Jesus Christ? We want the Jesus who kind of fits in perfectly with the, it is wrong to ever tell anyone that they are doing anything wrong theology. H. Richard Niebuhr was a famous Yale Divinity School professor who said that we have created this make-believe spiritual fantasy where we have a God without wrath bringing men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministry of a Christ without a cross. 
It perfectly signifies what it is to be all grace and no truth. But Jesus, the one we seek, the one we want to be more and more like, was full of grace and truth. And we need to speak grace, but we also need to speak truth. We must give grace, but we must also give truth. Grace says there is a way to God for anyone. Truth says there's only one way to God. Grace says redemption is possible. Truth says repentance is necessary. Grace says I love you just the way you are. Truth says I love you too much to leave you there. Grace says I love sinners. Truth says I hate sin. Grace says anybody can come to God. Truth says everybody must come through Jesus. Grace says God is love. Truth says God is holy. Grace says there is a heaven. Truth says there is a hell. Grace says there is salvation for those who desire it. Truth says there is judgment for those who don't. Grace says you are saved by grace through faith. Truth says faith without works is dead. We need the compassion of grace, but we also need the conviction of truth. Third thing is we need the balance and the combination of both grace and truth. Listen again to John's statement there in John 1, 17. says, for the law was given to us through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth, as I said, are joined at the hip. Grace without truth is deceptive. Grace without truth is deceptive. Truth without grace is defective. That's the difference. Let me give you two in a, in a different formula. Grace without truth equals liberalism. Those who want grace without truth, they are quick to excuse and slow to confront. Truth without grace equals legalism. Those who want truth without grace are quick to judge and slow, if ever, to forgive. A balance of grace and truth bring liberty, bring freedom. Birds need two wings to fly with only one wing. They are grounded forever. The good news of the gospel is it comes to us on the wings of grace and truth. I want to speak the truth, but I want to do it in a spirit of grace. I want to give grace, but I want to do it in the spirit of truth. Jesus was not 50% grace, 50% truth. He was 100% full of both grace and truth, always balanced. He wasn't grace on Monday and truth on Tuesday. He was grace and truth 24-7, 365. On the one hand, Jesus was all grace. I mean, he welcomed sinners, tax collectors. He shared meals with them. He fellowshiped with them. He welcomed and invited little children to come and to sit on his lap, and he would bless them. He would touch the untouchable. He healed lepers, the lame, the blind people. He even made sure a convicted criminal who was suffering the death penalty alongside of him 
received grace before he died. But Jesus was all truth as well. He condemned often the religious leaders. He called them whitewashed tombs, liars, hypocrites. Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. Jesus talked more about the reality of hell than he did the reality of heaven. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you got to take up your cross daily. And you got to follow me. He said judgment was going to come on the city that he loved, Jerusalem. He said judgment is going to come and it's going to start in the house of God. And I'll tell you what I've learned about myself. And I promise you it is true about you as well. When you are full of self, you will usually be full of truth and empty of grace, or you will be full of grace and empty of truth. When you and I are full of self, we're going to be full of truth and empty of grace, or we're going to be full of grace and empty of truth. That's true about me. It's true about all of us. As a pastor, someone who stands here week after week preaching, I always have to be aware of that balance between grace and truth. And I'm just going to tell you from my experience in these last 25 years, it is very easy to veer into the ditch of all truth or into the ditch of all grace. And I've learned by experience, the more full I am of Jesus, the more that balance of grace and truth comes. All of us know the building block of DNA. DNA has a double helix that is perfectly balanced at the core of life. Two strands of DNA wrap around each other in a beautiful, perfect symmetry. They run in opposite directions so that they correct each other simultaneously and they are there to keep each other in balance. Grace and truth should be our spiritual DNA. They literally are the building blocks of a Christ-centered life. Martin Luther once said, the devil doesn't care which side of the horse we fall off of as long as we don't stay in the saddle. I don't want to fall into the ditch of liberalism and I don't want to fall into the ditch of legalism. We need to ride the horse with one foot in the stirrup of truth, one foot in the stirrup of grace. You know what is sad? There are many believers who only know two kinds of Christians, two kinds of churches, those who speak the truth without grace and those who give grace without truth. And I want people in our church and in us to be a people, a church that speak grace, speak truth, and have that be balanced. Here's the next step for you today as we kind of close on this introduction. Every one of us in this room, we tend to tip the scale towards one or the other. 
most of us tend to be more of a truther or a gracer. Which way do you tend to lean? I'm more of a truther. Some of you may be more of a gracer. Your answer will reveal where you need to become more balanced, where you need to become more and more like Jesus in this particular area. Maybe like me, maybe you're kind of one of those people, you kind of tend to err on the side of being a truther. And even though you may be right in what you said, maybe you're right in a stand that you have taken. You may have won the battle, congratulations, but you know what? You lost the war. You may need to go back to that person, to that situation, and you may need to balance that with some grace. On the other hand, maybe you're someone that is actually suffering, or maybe you know of someone who is suffering because you have given them all grace and no truth. And maybe there's some people, maybe there's a situation that maybe needs some loving truth of confrontation or counsel on a particular direction they need to take in their life. If you want to know where you're going to find that perfect balance of being full of grace and truth, I can tell you a place to go to right now. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. Grace and truth were joined together fully and perfectly always in Jesus Christ. Because when you look at the cross... Grace says no matter how sinful you are, your sins can be forgiven. Truth says the reason your sin can be forgiven is because Jesus paid the price for your sin. Think about that moment when you draw your last breath and you open your eyes and you're in the presence of God. It is at that moment you are instantly going to see grace and truth eternally personified because again, grace is going to say to you, wow, I'm actually here. Truth is gonna be when you look into the nail-scarred hands of Jesus and say, I am here because of you. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Father, again, we just come into your presence. And Father, we do recognize this morning, even though we may not fully understand it, but Father, this morning we just confess, we acknowledge, and we thank you that your son Jesus Christ is perfectly, fully balanced between grace and truth. And God, we repent for those times where we have leaned more to one than the other. And God, this morning we just come and we ask, God, that you, through the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit that worked in Jesus, that same Holy Spirit that brought him perfectly into balance between full grace and full truth, we ask that that power, that presence, be at work in us. We cannot be this without you. 
We cannot do this on our own. It is a work. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, Father, we want to receive that. And God, we ask, Lord, again, that you would just forgive us, Lord, for those times where we have leaned more into one than the other. And God, oftentimes that just comes out of fear, fear of man, fear of judgment, fear of whatever. And as we sang that we are no longer a slave to fear, but God, you have freed us to embody and to be messengers of grace and truth. Father, I just believe that this is part of, of what you're calling us to as a church. That Lord, when people, especially lost people, when they came to Jesus, they found both. And God, we pray for lost people that come here that they would find both. Fully, perfectly balanced. So, Father, I'm asking, Lord, individually, I'm asking collectively as a body, do that work in us here. Let it start with us. We thank you for the grace to begin again. And we thank you for the truth that it's all because of you. We just thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.